The Union Buries Its Dead, loosely adapted by Bart Meehan from the short story by Henry Lawson, performed by Peter Falk. a sentimental bloke. Uh, the old man knocked that out of me early. But there are things a bloke remembers, no matter how old he gets. There are days that stand out from all the other days of his life. Sometimes it's because they're big occasions, births, deaths, marriages. Other times, there's no explaining it. The memory just sticks and you can never shake it. I'd been out bush working the lines for a week, and I was dog-tired when I got back to town. So, when Wilson advised me there was a funeral party gathering at O'Malley's, I tried to brush him off. I told him I, I didn't know the deceased, and he wasn't having any of that. What's to know? He was union. <laughs> well, there's no counter to that. I, I've been a union man all my life, from when I was a boy cleaning the shearing sheds and later when I was labouring to now working the lines. I'd left home early, and it was the union that looked after me. It was like family. No. No, it was family. And when one of your family dies, well, you go to the funeral, don't you? So off we went to pay our respects. Well, the morning was in full flight when we arrived at O'Malley's. The hearse was taken its time, so some of the lads had got bored and started dancing jigs to the player piano in the parlour, while a few others had found a difference worth fighting over. Now, that would normally have got them tossed, but given the occasion, Big Jim, the publican, was ignoring the old occasion. In any case, there wasn't no real violence in it, just a few soft blows thrown to prove the points they were making. Well, Wilson and I sat at the bar and asked Big Jim about the deceased. Tyson. John Gerald Tyson. About 25, they say. Drowned while he was trying to swim across the Darling. Current's been bad since the rains. Well, the young bloke was a stranger to these parts, otherwise he would have known that. In those days, there were a lot of men like that on the road. Work had dried up in the city, and they were hoping to get odd jobs in the country. Apparently, when the coppers went through Tyson's swag, they found a union card... So I expected come this way, hoping to pick up something on the lines. Yeah, I couldn't help but thinking, if he hadn't taken that swim to cool off, I might have been working with him, next to him, instead of walking behind his coffin. There wasn't much in his things, Big Jim said, as he slid two beers across the bar. Just the card and a photo of an old woman, his mother I expect. So they asked General Labourer's office for information about him. Well, the secretary had very little information to give. Just a name, the year he was born, and his religion. There was no next of kin to be informed. And with just a shilling in his pocket, it was up to the union to see that he was buried proper. His card revealed John Gerald Tyson was a Roman. 
And there weren't too many of that type in town. Mostly we were Church of England, if anything at all. But unionism is stronger than creed. So he got a good crowd to see him off. But then it turned out that liquor was stronger than unionism. So by the time the hearse arrived, most of the mourners were two sheets to the wind. And that reduced the procession to 15 half-sober men following a plain box as it made its way through the town to the cemetery. People stopped on the sidewalk as we passed and some women blessed themselves while men lifted their hats and nodded. A couple of the pubs closed the barred doors out of respect and patrons had to go in and out through the back entrance. As we got to the edge of town, I noticed a shearer sitting on the shady side of a fence. You could tell he was full as a boot by the way he was leaning forward. But he made a great effort to do the right thing and I tried hard not to laugh when I saw him straighten up, reach for his hat so he could shove it on his head and lift it off again. (laughs) Old man was like that. Harmless drunk. Well, harmless if you think there's no harm in not providing for your family and letting your wife work herself to an early grave. I nodded at the shearer. He nodded back and in the process he lost his balance and then fell face first down into the dirt. (laughs) He made a weak attempt at riding himself but then gave up and before we'd finished passing he was snoring. (laughs) Won't be long till they're carrying him up the hill as well, Wilson said. And then he pointed at the box. Do you think his union ticket will be recognised over yonder? Now that made me laugh out loud, and a couple of the lads uh, in the front turned their heads and gave me a stern look. Bit of respect, one of them said, and I nodded, and then I whispered to Wilson, I expect the GLU ticket is recognised in both the options available. (laughs) I was boating on the river Sunday, Wilson said. There were a few blokes on the road while I was there, and I called out to them. Hot one today, isn't it? You know, he was probably one of them. I would have said something more meaningful to him if I'd known he was going to be dead in an hour or two. I thought about saying, well, any of us could be dead in an hour or two, but but a funeral didn't seem the right place to be so philosophical. We marched on. Across the railway line and up the dusty road that led to the cemetery. The mad Scotsman! who'd lived just out of town, was expecting us, and he was standing in front of his shack in kilt and sporran, squeezing his bagpipes as we passed. Jesus, Jock, sounds like you're killing a bag full of cats, one of the lads said, and back then I agreed with him. But but I've changed my mind since. When I was in France, I found something comforting in that music as it drifted through the trenches. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When we reached the cemetery, four of the men lifted the coffin out of the hearse and carried it to the grave, where the pale, city-looking priest the union had brought in was shading himself under a sapling. There's the devil, Wilson said, laughing. 
Like most of us, he'd been brought up with stories about the Romans in their odd ways. As if to prove the point, the devil started chanting in some strange lingo and sprinkling holy water on the box like it was a pagan ceremony. A few of the more sensitive in our group winced as the drops hit the lid, leaving spots in the dust. The grave looked very narrow, and I held my breath as they started to lower the coffin. I saw one get stuck once at Rookwood, and it had to be yanked out by six men and laid on the sods at the feet of the broken-hearted relations who howled dismally while the grave diggers widened the hole. I doubted there'd be any howls if the scene was repeated here, unless they were howls of laughter. But our grave digger had done his job well, and the box slid easily into the ground. Once it was settled in the hole, some of the lads threw lumps of clay in after it, and you heard them bouncing on the lid. Sounds like he's trying to get out, Wilson said quietly. (laughs) There wasn't any humour in the observation. After the priest had finished his blessings, we headed back to town for a drink. Wilson was quoting poetry, as he often did on melancholy occasions. These shall be words to remember when all has been done and said, and my fame as a dying ember in the days when I am dead. I asked him whether he'd remember the bloke's name in a week, and he responded without looking at me. Why would we need to? It was a fair point. There was no one here who'd been touched by his life, or by his death for that matter. John Gerald Tyson had never spoken a word to any of us, and we'd only seen him off because his Jews were up to date. The only person in the world who really cared was in that photo they'd tucked into his shirt pocket. If she were alive, she'd never know where he was resting. And if she were dead... I could only hope she'd be waiting for him on the other side so he wouldn't be a stranger in another strange land.